Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry and of course this is my co-host. My name is Chris Huddleston. And today we are both very excited to be talking to you about the, is it a Prime original? Yes. The Prime original film, Totally Killer. I'd like to report a crime that hasn't happened yet. Have you seen the movie Back to the Future? Basically, I'm living that movie right now, which is how I know there's going to be a murder tonight. <laughs> Hate time travel movies. They never make any sense. Happy Halloween. How about we all stay in and hand out Halloween candy? No, Mom. You know how hard this time of year is for us. Your friends were murdered 35 years ago. It's not 1987 anymore. Stay safe, honey. I love you. <sighs> Oh my god. I know. The 80s are almost over and I haven't even tried Coke yet. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god. Mom. Fuck off and die. Jesus, Mom. Masita. Ay. Ay, ay, ay. Mamacita. Time for my birthday, bitch. This is a creepy ass cabin in the middle of nowhere. What's the big deal? There's a murderer on the loose and you drove us into the woods. Ah! Oh my god! What? I forgot to bring vodka. You have seven and a half hours until you're stuck here forever. Ah! I need to stop all this horror before it happens. Did the machines kill us all? No. They more just rip apart the fabric of our society via dance videos on TikTok. They use dance against us? Come on out, water's warm. Just so you know, I don't do blowjobs. You pee out of that thing. Just think, maybe if she did do blowjobs, she'd still be alive. Yeah, let's not make that the lesson. 80s weed sucks. This is just dirt. Look at all these twigs. Yeah, I could give you a gummy this big that has 100 times more weed than this. Do you have a synopsis for us, Mr. Huddleston? I do, and we will warn you ahead of time. So this is this is exclusive to Amazon Prime, uh, and it just, as of the time that we are recording, it just came out about a week ago. Um, so it's a 2023 film. It's brand new. And, and we're going to spoil we, it. We will spoil it. So if it's something that you're interested in and you don't want, to, won't, don't want it to be spoiled, uh, watch it first before you listen to this this all right so it's a 2023 film and i don't know if i can pronounce the director's name nanach nanachka khan um but it is so here's the synopsis from rotten tomatoes 35 years ago after the shocking murder of three teens the infamous sweet 16 killer returns on halloween night to claim a fourth victim 17 year old jamie kiernan shipka ignores her overprotective mom uh, Julie Bowen uh, warning and comes face to face with a mask maniac and on the and on the run for her life accidentally time travels back to 1987 the year of the original killings forced to navigate the unfamiliar and outrageous culture of the 1980s 
Jamie teams up with her her teen mom, played by Olivia Holt, to take down the killer once and for all before she's stuck in the past forever. So I actually watched this twice. I watched it once and then and I liked it. And I said, hey, you know, maybe we should watch this for the show and then or do this for the show. And you were in town. We got to record another episode together. And then we just said, hey, let's watch this together. So I watched it twice now. But so you have seen it once. What did you think of it? Chris. Well, I thought it, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, we were just coming off watching Booksmart and The Breakfast Club, and we were talking about you know the difference between 1985 high school movie, arguably the 1985 high school movie, and um, you know, in a 20 what was it 16 19 2019 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, very different, you know, very different high school movie. So this is a high school movie that references the eighties very heavily, right? It's, um, in it right back to the future. I mean, <laughs> one of the things I love about this movie, um, is they just jump right into it with both feet. Mm-hmm. There's like, they, they make the obligatory, like, oh, you know, I don't think anyone says don't change anything, but it's like everything you change is going to have effect in the future. And she basically runs headlong into the past windmilling her arms. Like mm-hmm. The first thing she says to somebody is like, hey, have you ever seen Back to the Future? So I'm basically Marty McFly. I'm from the future. I got to stop a killer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love that. I yeah. love just how headfirst it went right into it. Um, I think the lead actor, I think she was great. Um, we picked out a bunch of Canadian accents. Ostensibly, it's an American story, Production. though, right? Yeah. yeah, it takes place in the United States. Yeah, yeah, but but it, everybody is sort of talking about this and talking about that, and you know, I'm like, this she is, is not Canadian. The no. lead, you know, but um, no, but a number enough of the other characters are that you're sort of like, I think this was a Canadian movie. And her mom, Julie Bowen, is is probably most famous for she's on Modern Family, and I'm I'm pretty sure she's American as well. But yeah, there are some other we've looked it up, and some of the other actors are are Canadian. So, so it gives it this kind of brightly colored, fresh scrubbed, apple cheeked after school special kind of vibe. But it is a movie that sends up 80s slasher flicks. You know, the killer stabs people 16 times and they make none of the violence is particularly upsetting. <laughs> but, but, but the, you know, it's a guy who is killing people with a knife by stabbing them 16 times. And that's upsetting, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's not, but mm-hmm. it's still. I thought it was kind of interesting the way that it it feels like this kind of Canadian after school special, but it's about you know it's like oh aren't aren't murder movies fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess from one angle, but they're also kind of upsetting. Well, and this we should say this is a comedy horror or horror comedy, and it's much more leans into the comedy. And the horror and also the time travel aspect. So she time travels and her friend makes a, a time machine in a photo booth. And this is definitely not going to be a movie for people that 
want to nitpick, you know, all the, how everything works. Cause it's not this kind of, not, not that kind of movie, you know, she, the killer is chasing her. She jumps in the photo booth. He stabs the control panel for the time machine. And that causes it to, you know, for her to go through time. Right. So if you're going to be, you know, critiquing all of the, uh, <laughs> this wouldn't work and that wouldn't happen. Like this isn't the movie for you. Right. <laughs> That's it's not basically, what this is about. It's Scooby-Doo physics. Mm. <laughs> it, it makes about as much sense in terms of that as you know, something like hot tub time machine, you know? Yes, exactly. Does. Well, uh, hot tub time machine had fun with it because there's the character who says, I think it was, was it Patrice O'Neill was the actor I that actually so. got the line where he looks dead. He looks straight down the lens of the camera and is some kind of, hot tub time machine yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> dead straight and it this one doesn't get to deliver that line nobody says oh it's totally killer i don't think or if they did i missed it but the uh they might as well have called the time machine the device because that's mm -hmm. all it is <laughs> right yeah, yeah. But they did, they did, they, they cast it in a very progressive, very modern way that I thought felt, it felt not forced. It felt fun and fresh, you know, the, 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 um, science kid who, and her mother actually, who created the time machine, um, are, you know, really beautiful black women. Like they, you know, and the, the compatriot of the, she would have definitely been one of the hot kids, you know, but she's mm -hmm. not. She's a science kid. So in the the uh, lackadaisical, incompetent, you know, like willfully bad cop is is an Asian actor. So they, mm -hmm. they mix it up. And and I, you know, I think in some movies you feel like that sort of rainbow casting is forced, but it doesn't here. I think it's part of the fun. Yeah, yeah. And and uh somewhat along those lines, some of the to me some of the funniest jokes were the, was the lead and I I even though I watched this twice, I need to look up what her character's name was in this. Her name is Jamie. So that's Kiernan Shipka. And I, the only thing that I knew her from was I watched a couple of episodes of the the new Sabrina, the teenage witch show that they made for Netflix. She starred in that and that ran for two or three seasons, I think. And I just watched an episode or two and was just sort of like, ah, I don't, I'm not really into this. Um, but I, I didn't, other than a couple of episodes, I did not watch, uh, uh, shoot. I want to say breaking bad. It's not breaking bad, but, uh, uh, Oh shoot. What was the one about the, uh, mad men? Oh. Um, so I guess she was his played his daughter, um, in that show. Uh, oh so. my God. Oh, well, you had said that she was in Mad Men and I was racking my brain for, I'm like, who in Mad Men? But I was thinking of the adults, of course. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, yeah, I, I was like, she does look really familiar to me though. It's because she plays Don Draper's daughter. She's only 24 and, and I mean, she's 24 playing 17 in, in this movie, but you know, she would have been, uh, cause Mad Men has been off the air for a while. So, you know, she would have been young, you know, in that, but at any rate, I, I, you know, I didn't know her for much, but I thought she was really great. And 
to me, a lot of the funniest jokes were um, her 2023 sensibilities with, you know, and then going back to the 80s. And there are a lot of jokes like she shows up at the school. She knows that she's going to have to go to the high school to figure out because uh, this is a, you know, it's a slasher, but it's a murder mystery because you don't know who the, the killer is. And, you know, so she's trying to figure out who the killer is to stop the killings from happening in the future because her mother gets killed in 2023. So she goes to the school and she, you know, there's like a woman at the desk there and she says, uh, yeah, I'm a new exchange student from uh, Canada. And she says, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have to check your database and all that stuff. And the woman just says, okay, here's your schedule. And she's like, that's it. And there are other, there are other incidents in uh, throughout the movie where she's just like, wow, security. And she's like, I don't, I don't want to ever get on a plane in the 80s, you know, because it's just like security of everything is really lax, you know, and there's some things with uh, like there's one part where she's at a, um, a party. She kind of crashes a party and the before she sort of befriends. So there's this group of mean girls who are mean to her for like an hour and then they she wins them over and, you know, of, befriends them of but, whom her mother is one. Yeah, and they they do some really good jokes with that because her mother in modern day is this very sweet woman and there's there's one part in the very beginning of the movie where Jamie kind of back back talks her and she's like I would never the mom says I would never talk to my mother the way you're talking to me right now and then in the 80s we see a scene where her, her she's in the basement and like her mom comes down and she's like mom just get out of here you know yeah. it's like really yeah. so she's really really mean you know uh but uh, but there's a part where Jamie goes to she sort of crashes this party and one of the mean girls has her boyfriend take her. You know, she's like, hey, get her out of here. And he just grabs her and picks her up. And she's like, hey, hey, unwanted touching. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of jokes like that. And but I I saw uh, I was reading some stuff on Twitter about it. And I saw one person who was like, I didn't like the movie because it was too political. And it's like, I mean, I didn't feel like they, you know, they just made jokes about how things are different, you know, now versus then without, I felt like leaning into like, Oh, you know, look how woke people are now or whatever, you know, I, th yeah. I thought they handled that really well. You know, I agree with um, you. I didn't think it felt preachy. I didn't see it as political. I mean, people seem to think like, Oh, if you're just going to make any kind of reference to anything, then that's political, I guess, you know, um, no, I think it was a way of acknowledging how different stuff was in the right. 80s in a light way that you could make. I mean, they made jokes out of it. Yeah. And we were alive in the 80s, you know, so it's like you can it's it's not like Back to the Future where it took place in the 50s and we weren't alive then. And we just had to go on what we've seen in TV and movies or whatever. Whereas with this, we lived through the 80s and it's like. Yeah, I bet in the '80s you could have just walked into school, and you know, you wouldn't, there wouldn't have been any like record. You know, I can remember this wasn't even the '80s; this was in the '90s when I was in college. The way that they took attendance is they passed a sheet around the classroom, and it had everybody's name with their social security next to it, wow. social security number next to it, and you would just check that off, and nobody was like, "Somebody's going to steal my." social security number, you know, but like a kid now would be like, this has my social security number on that. You know, you're yeah. not allowed, to, nobody's allowed to see this. So, so yeah, I, I thought a lot of that like really landed well, you know, and, 
and they the uh the eighties kids are really dumb, which I mean was just that was just funny, you know. They're, yeah, they're um, they're horror movie stupid. Yeah, like it carried to carry. That's the joke carried to the nth degree in there. They're always drunk, and there was a funny bit where somebody shows up with pot brownies. This is in the eighties. I love this. Yeah, this was great. It, the, our main character is like, you know, she's like, oh man, she said something like, "I'm hungry," or and the other. The girl who brought the brownies was like, have a brownie. She's like, I've already had like five. She's like, whoa, you're going to be high. And she's like, were they pot brownies? And she goes, yeah. And everybody else is already high. And she's like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> Why don't I feel anything? And then she just figures out that 1987 the girl, weed is the terrible. Girl, <laughs> the know? girl hands her the bag of weed. And she said she put a she put a pound of weed in the brownies. A pound. And she hands it to her and she looks at it and she's like, this is just dirt and sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I could give you weed a... sucks. <laughs> she's like, I could give you a gummy. One gummy. Just, yeah. One gummy would just blow you away. Yeah. So that was, yeah. I thought another thing that was funny is, uh, so her dad in present day, uh, her Canadian dad, Canadian actor dad is, uh, um, you know, again, he's just, he's very sweet. And, you know, this just very nice, like sort of nerdy guy. And he tells her, he's like, oh, back when I was in high school, I looked like Zac Efron. I had abs and everything. He's like, oh, gross, dad. And then they go back to the 80s and he is all ripped and he has long hair and stuff. He's just this kind of bro guy, you know. So that was funny, too. I think they I think they really fill it with a lot of fun. I mean, I I would be interesting to see. If younger, I mean, it lands with us because we lived through the 80s and it would be interesting to see if younger viewers who didn't, if thought that some of that stuff was as funny. Yeah, I mean, again, I guess it would probably, I would imagine they would probably look at it the way that we look at Back to the Future, you know, Um, because, again, you know, we weren't alive in the 1950s, but... uh, we still thought all of those jokes were funny, you know, so. Yeah, but I didn't um, feel like too many of the Back to the... Yeah, yeah, maybe that's true. The Back to the Future 50s jokes weren't particularly insider jokes about... No, no, I mean, it was a lot of stuff of uh, just, you know, like how music had changed and like, yeah. uh, you know, he plays yeah, basically, you know, he plays Johnny Be Good, but he basically plays the guitar like Eddie Van Halen, you know, and... And all of that, yeah. So, um, and this one, it, this one, there's a ton of direct homage to that film, right? Yeah, they I mean there's, they mention it several times. They call it out by name. It's part of the plot. She uses it to explain her situation. Um, and that movie, that movie was out. So she was like, "Have you seen Back to the Future?" And like, "Oh yeah, great movie." <laughs> you know? Yeah. She's like, "Oh, perfect." So I'm like Marty McFly. But yeah. there's a lot the, of the same jokes, right? I mean, there's one where Marty McFly meets his own father, and he's a contemporary mm-hmm. of his own father. And he's like, come on, Dad. Dad. daddy <laughs> you yeah. know. And so she goes, Jesus, Mom. Masita? Ay, <laughs> Chihuahua, Mamacita. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then she speaks Spanish. The mom speaks Spanish, too. The mom, yeah. The mom speaks yeah. fluent Spanish. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I think, uh, I mean, 
you know, I guess maybe Back to the Future is arguably the most famous time travel movie, you know, definitely the most famous time travel comedy. So it, it you know, it, it makes sense, I guess, to reference. And that's one thing that I'd say. I, I will watch almost any movie that has a time tra- travel uh, sure. plot. I just, I'm a sucker for those, you know, so um, even if they're bad, you know, um, well, it, it, one of the things that I think was so successful about this one is just how clever it is. I mean, it mm-hmm. is a genre mashup. It's a time travel movie. It's a slasher movie, and it's a comedy. And I think it gets away with all of that, um, which is kind of a coup, you know, to smush three genres together and get away with it. I think because it commits the most strongly to the comedy. Yeah. But... um. You know, just to touch on another one we've done recently, The Flash, one of the things I really enjoyed about that is they go to a different timeline, sort of a different multiverse timeline. And and the uh, Michael Keaton Batman explains to them, oh, you've probably seen a movie where it's like he takes these two strands of dry spaghetti and it's like something happens here. And then he sort of bends one of the pieces of spaghetti and it creates it, right? It's like time doesn't work like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it, it affects it upstream and downstream in all directions. And if you mess with it too much, you get something like this. And he takes a bowl of cooked spaghetti and dumps it on a plate. And you see how everything's all intertangled and woven around. And I, I really just enjoyed that little Star Trek explanation moment where sure. somebody bothers to stop and talk about how the scientific premise of the whole thing mm-hmm. actually works. And he also basically, re- I mean, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been doing it a lot recently, so that's the more direct reference. But really, it's the kind of Back to the Future thing where they draw the doesn't Doc take the chalk and draw the? I think this so, is yeah. the point. We've created a mm-hmm. thing here, and it splits off. You know, so I mean, lots of movies reference Back to the Future. Yeah, but Back to the Future can't have been the first time travel movie. Oh, no, no. Because, I mean, there would have been H.G. Uh, Wells' Time Machine. Sure, you know? right. Um, but, I mean, that's that not the cool. only precursor, right? Yeah, there would have been other... Uh, I gotta look that up. Yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But, oh, yeah, there was... Uh, um, there was the one Time After Time. That, that one came out in the 70s where it was... Uh, I guess Planet um, of the Apes is kind of a time travel. Yeah, Planet too. of the Apes. But Time After Time, I think, is... Uh, uh jack the ripper somehow travels into like the 1970s um and is killing people in the night i think um i'm just going by memory from when i was a kid but yeah there's been a lot of you know there's been a lot of other time travel movies i think back to the future was just you know a steven spielberg slam dunk and that's why it's it was such a you know it's such a massive um such a massive hit and just had such a cultural impact you know we ought to do that because i've been meaning to show that to nova anyway and if memory serves the way we talk about indiana jones or the the raiders of the lost ark i think it's a pretty perfect film i think it's pretty tightly coiled i don't think there's a lot of wasted space yeah um we we ought to do that. If not next, we ought to do that sometime soon. Yeah, that'd be fun. 
I think it squares with the Christmassy vibe as we come into the holidays. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, I don't know. Uh, like you said, I, I think this was, uh, you know, pretty smartly written, you know, like I say, those, those jokes, those various jokes, just about the difference between now and then I thought were, were really clever. Like you said, you know, um, it's a little bit slapsticky, but not too much. Uh, a lot of it plays with those, those eighties kids, um, versus her, uh, you know, she just seems so much more mature compared to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. But yeah, that, I thought she was a great lead. You know, I she really I, was. Sort of like uh, the and I'm her my uh, I'm drawing a blank on her name, but the uh, no one will save you that we did a couple of episodes ago. That that was another great lead. So I would like to see, um, you know, I'd like to see her in more stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. Amazon seemed to have really pushed this, so. Um, I'd be surprised if it doesn't do pretty well. You know, it's kind of, you know, how they determine ratings with streaming stuff is kind of foreign to, you know, it's easy with movies in the theater. It's like, oh, it made X number of dollars, but how exactly they determine something, you know, I guess it's just streams, but, um, but they definitely put a lot behind it. I don't know what the budget of, I don't know if they, if their budgets are available or not, but let me see what it was a Blumhouse production. So they usually do pretty small budgets. Um, budget, budget, budget. <laughs> well, I'm not seeing what the budget is. So they apparently don't make that. Uh, it says, wow, 34 million. Um, still, that's not a lot, you know, in this day and age. It is not. It is not. But it's a decent budget. Yeah. There's yeah. not a lot of effects to it. You know, there's the, you know, the, the time travel effect, which isn't super great or anything. But the rest of it is just no, the, stabbings the, and stuff like that. Right. The time travel effect. But that's, it's really not the point. Um Yeah. Yeah, this is all about the humor. I'm just looking at... Um, time travel movies? Time travel movies. And we've watched a number of them. Time After Time is in there. Have you uh, ever seen that one, Time After Time? No, I don't think so. I, never, I, don't, I don't think I have either. I'm familiar with it, but I don't think I've seen it. I think Source Malcolm McDowell is in it. Have you ever seen Jake Gyllenhaal in Source Code? Yeah, it was the guy. It's uh, I forget what his name is, but it's uh, David Bowie's son. He directed. Do you ever see Moon? Yeah, with Sam Rockwell. He directed. So I was I saw Source Code in the theater, um, because I liked Moon so much, and and it's not bad. It's it's worth a watch. It's a little more. It's more like um. What's the Tom Cruise movie that we did? Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. It's more like that where it's a guy like living. I think he gets killed over and over again. So yeah. it's more kind of the Groundhog Day thing than it is a time travel movie, as as I remember it. It's not bad. I mean, it's it's worth. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. 
There's a couple in here that I haven't heard of. There's a Donnie couple Darko of, is a time travel movie. Donnie, Donnie Darko is in here. Army of Darkness is in here. You know, Sleep. Mm -hmm. Woody Allen's Sleeper is in here. So, I mean, there's some. So that would have been Sleeper would have been before uh, Back to the Future, right? Yeah. Um, Tenet is in here. Tenet's mm -hmm. interesting because Tenet's not. It's funny. It's a it's a movie based around time, but mm -hmm. I don't think of it as time travel on the same. Tenet is actually a really interesting film. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that in the movie theater. Looper's in here. Run, Lola, run. No, I know. Well, you have to watch it a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, there's some Nolan movies, right? There's. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually really we've done Edge of Tomorrow, right? I really love mm -hmm. Edge of Tomorrow. I just recently Arrival is on here. I just recently uh, recently watched Arrival. I don't think of that mm -hmm. as a time travel movie, but I get why they say it. Um, did you ever see uh, the Butterfly Effect? Did you ever see that movie? I don't know if that's time I travel or if did. that's multiverse kind of a thing. I never did. And number one is Back to the Future. Could there really be any other? Um. Yeah, I think it's that it's just I think it's I think it's just that it's such an entertaining airtight film. I mean, obviously there's lots of holes in it. People love to point out the holes, but in terms of a an entertaining ride, I think it mm -hmm. was just such it felt like such a slam dunk that yeah, baby. And it's about time travel right you got to get back the whole thing hinges yeah. on particular events that you got to recatch right at the same time you know so we talk about crimes we've script, done you know yeah it's a very yeah time script. crimes time crimes is great uh, groundhog day but they're, they're yeah. they don't play with somehow back to the future like this film this idea of you gotta catch you gotta get back through you gotta get back to where you came from Mm -hmm. instead of just being surfing around or tenant where things are going multiple directions in time and or another great one you know another great one that i'd like to do that i know we've mentioned on the show before but we've never actually done is primer you've seen primer right we didn't do primer i have seen no, primer we, yeah um that was one that i'd love to do that one sometime because it's so complex that the first time i watched it i wasn't 100 percent sure if I got all of it, I watched yeah. it. I've watched it at least twice, maybe three times. Um, that I would be a fun. Are one to you do sure we haven't done that? I think yeah, we haven't done it. I think yeah, that's I know we've, why we've, I watched it. We've no? talked about it, but we but we didn't do it for the show. Huh. Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't. I mean, it's. I love that it's an independent film. I love that it's such a small undertaking. I love that it's such a clever and elaborate script. And that they pulled it off with such limited resources. I love all of this. I think things. it cost $8,000 or $12,000. But I don't love the film. And I think mm -hmm. it's just the other side of the coin of that admiration is it feels very, it feels like an $8,000 movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that we can do it. Guy... I'd rather do Back to the Future. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like something we have to do right away. But that director did another movie called upstream color um that's really interesting too mm. um another it's the same kind of it's not a time travel movie but it's the same it feels a lot like primer it's really 
really you know, complex. One of the things, and then we're talking about Primer, one of the things I so admire about Primer is as someone who makes no budget movies, is the preparation that had to go into that. Like the, mm -hmm. the script work and the planning of the script and the thinking about it in those terms and what they can do and how you can make something, how you can create a, an effect with your audience without spending money on it. Um, mm -hmm. And really, you know, a time travel movie demands a certain broadening of the scope and like with a zombie movie, if you don't have a wide shot of a horde of zombies, I think most zombie fans, you got to have that. That's part of a zombie movie. If you right. don't have that, they feel a little cheated by it. And that's an expensive shot, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. um, so and this is a this is a film that managed to pull off a complex brain aching time travel, you know, premise. Um like I mean, I I don't know what the budget was, but if you say it's eight thousand, I believe you because this is really yeah, like a couple of guys made a movie with the camera on themselves, and it's remarkably good. And basically, he um, so the guy, and I don't remember what the guy's name is. I should look it up, but uh, who he stars in it? But he, I believe, wrote it, directed it. He stars in it, and he wrote the music too. You know, oh, he wow. scored did the music, so he too. did everything. Uh, you know, which is pretty amazing. That's a big I mean, there's not a lot of characters, in, but yeah, but Primer. If if you're into time travel movies and you haven't seen Primer before, yeah, it's a very interesting. Movie. You know what the the trap of it is? It's good enough that, like my complaint, that it's good enough that it crosses a bunch of borders. And then you're like, oh, I just wish this looked better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you're like, so it's like as it, as it gets better, you're taking the audience's expectations with you, and and sometimes you end up with this sort of inadvertent sense of uh, disappointment because mm -hmm. the movie maybe this maybe it's just me as an audience member, but uh, the movie is good enough that it raises expectations to a point that you can't meet. Yeah. You know, and you know, it was a, I didn't see it in the, in the theater. I saw it on DVD, but it was a, it was early two thousands. I want to say like 2003, 2004, something like that. But you had that period there where, um, the, sh you know, shot on digital was just starting to be a thing. And, uh, you had some of those really low budget, shot on digital movies that made it into the movie theater. Like for example, I, did you ever see uh open water? Um, it was no. about a couple where they, it was a shark movie and it's about a couple where they're out. I don't know if they were swimming or they, their boat crashes or what, but it's just them in the water and there are sharks circling around. That's, that's basically the movie. Um, but it was, I saw that in the movie theater and it was, you know, it was the, uh, digital wasn't quite ready for prime time. You know, you even had, I mean, a great movie and a great director, but you even had collateral. That was one of those kind of first early, like big movies that was shot on digital, you know, and it's still, I mean, he did everything that he could with it, but it's still, it still yeah. wasn't quite there yet. You know, it yeah. looks, you can tell it's shot on digital, you know, but, uh, but uh, I don't know that, that just made me think of you. You had that for a while there where those, you know, 
digital, like really low budget movies. Well, um, another one was uh, 28 Days Later. Yeah. Um, you know, shot on digital. And, and I mean, it worked, but. Yeah. And now you can emulate film and just about anything you want in, in camera. Now you can, yeah. now you can process, well, not in camera per se, but you can emulate things digitally. Um, but I mean, we made salvage in 2005 and what we did, we had a Panasonic camera that was, was digital, but there was a mechanical thing that we put in front of the lens and I forget what it was called, but it was two little circles of, uh, slightly ground glass that mm -hmm. vibrated oppositionally to create grain. So oh, it was okay. a physical, a physical grain creator between the light coming in from what you were shooting and what was going into the camera. Ah, oh, that's interesting. And, you know, certainly when you look at salvage, there are certain scenes when we either didn't have the thing on or we didn't have it with us, we were just, you know, in error that you can see the stark difference of what looks mm -hmm. egregiously digital and what stands up a little better as, you know, emulating film. And, but it's remarkable how that little device gave texture and character, you know, and that was not even 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now, as somebody who has, we, we like the thing we just shot, we were using black magic. And another thing I saw a guy shooting on the red, it's like it captures so much data. Mm -hmm. And people have been working on it for so long that you can do almost anything with the image. Well, and we've gone now. totally the other way now that it's, it's rare when, you know, like, um, uh, Quentin Tarantino is known for, he still shoots on film. Um, and I, I think will not, I mean, he only has one more, you know, he says he's doing his last movie, but, um, has never shot on digital as far as I know. Um, and so you're the other way where almost everything is shot on digital now. Um, you well, know, it's even so much cheaper. Big budget movies. Yeah. And you can yeah. see it right away. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess they must have things that allow directors like Tarantino who are shooting on film. They must also, there must be some digital solution that he's allowed. He's able to look at it right away or a monitor so, that's yeah. hooked up that he can be watching while they get it. That would be I'm insane sure that, to me yeah. if they don't, but because that advantage is just, yeah. You know, you used to have to be sitting there next to the camera and be like, oh, I think that was the take. Did we get that? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you want to be looking at it through the camera. I mean, you want to see the framing and everything. Yeah. Um, so back to Totally Killer. So sort of to come back to, around to the beginning. We so, you know, I had brought this one up because I thought it it went pretty well with those other two movies that we talked about, Booksmart yeah. and the breakfast club. And I just wondered how you, cause we talked a good bit about, I mean, the, you'll have to listen to our breakfast club and uh, book smart episode, but we talked a good bit about the, uh, the problem, problematic elements yeah. of, <laughs> of, uh, uh, breakfast club, but the breakfast club. And, and that was another thing that I thought that without directly referencing spe specific movies, um, 
they i thought they did a really good job with kind of addressing those problematic things because there's a part where there's one part where they're in the school and they're talking about um i guess they're getting ready for this party or whatever and the one one girl's boyfriend is like talking about having some some drinks or something when he drives and she's like oh that's a really bad idea and he goes oh no i drive better when i'm drunk and she and i can remember you know like being in college and and people claiming that they're like, oh, I'm I'm actually a better driver when I'm drinking, yeah. you know. And, and like, she says, and, you were one hundred percent not. Yeah. And I <laughs> yeah. have statistics, you know, that I could back it up. And her dad, '80s version of her dad, is just like, um, that sounds like something a chick would say. And and then <laughs> right. she says something else, and then the the other boy is like, oh yeah, that's totally what a chick would say. Right. <laughs> so, so I they, think they say it because. Uh, I think they say, well, you would say that because chicks are bad drivers, you know, and then she says the thing about the statistic and they're like, well, that's exactly what a chick would say. Right. So. So they say it in reference to illustrate a mindset at the time, but they managed to do it in a way that is like watching the breakfast club. The parts that are shocking are really shocking. Yeah. um, To a modern sensibility. And you go, like, it's hard to sit and listen to them. Because it's just, it's done in so in earnest. And you know, at the time, that wasn't self-conscious. They weren't trying mm-hmm. to make a point. They were just like, oh, this is like the real texture of high school. And it was. Yeah. But the result is that you really feel shocked by it. You go, ah, man, like that is terrible. And so this one, I think, references like, oh, it was a different time. And they make jokes out of it without feeling Pretty lightly without yeah. they feeling don't get like, into like exactly. a bunch of slurs and things. You yeah, know? they managed to avoid like one of the guy who says I'm a better driver and he was always grabbing his crotch. And yeah, so it's like, oh, that's rude and totally inappropriate. But it's eye <laughs> she... roll stuff, you know, and she comments on it and calls him an what idiot. What was the stuff, one, but... one line where she said because she there was that scene that I that I referenced earlier where he carries her outside and she's like unwanted touching and he throws her down on the ground and then just stands there and belches and yeah. she says like is this is this a real person yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> so, so I I, mean, th- I just thought yeah. her comedic timing and her delivery of all the lines and everything was really great because obviously right. it all hinges on her if she's not funny then the movie's not going to be funny and. And, and she I is she funny. Yeah, she was really, a really delivers. Good yeah. Comedic actor. Yeah. So, yep. Well, anything else for Totally Killer? I don't. I don't have a lot more to talk about. I do recommend it. I think it was a fun watch. You know, I don't think it's going to go down and in, in, it's not aiming to be a capital G great movie. It's just entertain. It's entertaining and funny. And it, it successfully crosses the genres, which is kind of a coup. And I, yeah, I think it's a fun popcorn movie. I think it's a fun watch. I think that the scary stuff does, you know, it's not horrifying, but the scary stuff is like, it, it, it's effective. And it in takes a, place at Halloween time, you know, in a fun so way. Yeah. It, it's a really good one for spooky season. And, you know, I don't have kids, so I don't, you know, I'm never sure about, uh, but I think maybe, you know, older like kids the age of the characters in this movie could watch with their parents and not be sure, too high embarrassed. I'm I not going to watch you know? it with my kids. Like I'm not going to watch yeah, it with your kids Nova. Would, 
Yeah, your kids would be a little too young. She but... wouldn't be interested. She'd be interested in the horror aspect of it, but mm-hmm. not the kind of, oh, that's what it was like when I was in high school aspect. Yeah. She wouldn't care. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and it's, you know, for, it's not, it's not really scary, you know, in any way. It's and much it's, more. It's not really for kids. Or... I mean, high school kids, sure. But yeah. I think it's aimed more at the age of the people that are in the movie and their parents mm-hmm. <laughs> like us, so that you could all sit around as a family, but maybe not with your eight year old. No, no. Cause the murder no. people get murdered and stabbed 16 times. Well, and, and there's... everybody's like, what's the big deal? I'm kind of like, I don't know. It's upsetting to me. There's, you know, sexual references and there's F words and, you know, Oh that yeah. Thing, they're so. always talking about BJs, just casual yeah. beige in the, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So yeah, oh, there is one scene where they she gives her the lead gives one of the one of the girls that she knows is going to be murdered a, a rape siren. It's a thing that looks like a key a car key fob, and then you press the button uh-huh. and it sort of makes this extremely loud squeal, and that's what you're supposed to do if you feel like you're being threatened. And she's like, you know, what if he kills? Just like he stabs you sixteen times. Don't worry about it. You know, you'll be able to get it out. And so there's this scene where he catches up with them and shows up behind her and slits her throat from behind. And then she presses the <laughs> she presses the the alarm. So it's like I, I'm laughing at a person getting a throat slit, but they play it as a laugh where he yeah. cuts her throat and she goes <laughs> before she falls. Yeah. Down. <laughs> Now that I say it out loud, it doesn't sound funny. But it was funny when no, you watched it. No, it was funny. It was funny in the context of the movie, for for sure. And um, so. what about you? You recommended, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked it enough that I watched it twice, you know, and I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I think definitely, you know, I think, uh, you know, horror fans would like it because, you know, the horror elements to it. Um, uh, and I, I thought it was really funny. I mean, I laughed out loud, you know, just watching it by myself a lot. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend it. And, you know, if you have prime, it's right there. It's right there. Ready to watch. I think it's a great, it's a great, when we're recording this, it's almost the middle of October. So I think it's a great, you know, thing to watch for spooky season. Seasonal. Yep. Yeah. So Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. That is our handle. You can email us. You can send us a message. We're on the socials. You can like and subscribe. You can check out our other episodes. Maybe you're watching us on YouTube or maybe you are listening to on your favorite podcast thing. Either way, thank you so much for joining us. It's fun to do this and it's fun to feel like there's somebody out there listening to us. Two middle-aged white dudes talking about movies talking about that should have been the name of the show too two guys talking about it um so what are we going to do next time do you have a sense of one we talked about a couple of, so we uh a few episodes ago we talked about babylon that's one that i still want to i still want to watch because i think it'll be hours it's like oh my yeah God. that's the only bad that's another thing nice about a movie like totally killer it's just like an hour and a half yep. you know perfect perfect length for a movie um when we were together last i brought up um, two Frankenstein movies that I've never seen either of them. One is the, I think it's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein that is Kenneth Branagh and um, Robert De Niro as the monster. I've never seen that one, which you said you've seen before. 
And there also is a, I believe it's from 1985, uh, The Bride, which is a uh, Sting as Dr. Frankenstein, I think, that, which I've always wanted to see. And you said you'd never even heard of it, right? It vaguely rings a bell, but I've certainly I never think seen Jennifer it. Jennifer Beals is The Bride. Um, so anyway, you know, those are a couple of spooky season kind of things that I don't know if you'd be interested in either of those. Um, <laughs> I mean, or we can, I'll do think it. About some other ones. I'm not <laughs> excited to see either. Oh, one okay. Those, but well, if I'll you're not excited, it. we no, we don't have to do either of them if you're not excited, but and the reason um, I want to do something like back to the future is it's fun. I've enjoyed, we these, can do these back are, to the future. These have been fun movies. Let's do back okay, to the yeah. future. Cause okay. Cause it's fun. Okay. And you know you what? I'll that. trade you. Then we can do one of those Frankensteins. Okay. Okay. Or Babylon. Or we can do Babylon. I'll just break yeah. it up. I'll do it two nights. I'll watch half Which of I it. think supposedly, yeah, I mean, that's what I'll do. I think it's supposedly a comedy. Babylon? Comedy-ish. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be fun. I think when you look it up on... Uh, it was a flop. I think it was a flop. It was a big flop. Yeah. Um, which that's part of why I want to see it, is I just want to know why... Um, why it flopped i mean they released it on christmas day i think or right around christmas day um imdb they they the first genre they listed as is comedy comedy drama history so all right i don't know what that means i like margot robbie and i like brad pitt so i mean how bad sure yeah who doesn't yeah Probably somebody out there right now is they're like, just, I hate them. They're so ugly, those two. <laughs> they're so ugly, yeah. Hard to look at. That was a, that was another thing, like you said, with this movie, where they didn't really, um, uh, even though the mean girls in this are, are mean, they don't really, there's not really like bullying in this and stuff. And her, right. her friend's mom, who she's then, at, you know, friends with in the 80s, like you said, you know, they're both like everybody's attractive in this movie um but it you know she was like the science girl but they never showed her as like an outcast or whatever because that always takes you out of movies when it's like oh here's this really attractive person and they're they're bullied you know they're unpopular Um, yeah but that is that is one glaring absence that i think that the the breakfast club did get right and made perfectly clear was it was almost encouraged the bullying you know mm-hmm. it was like survival of the fittest and it's like it, it almost institutionally encouraged um yeah how cruel the kids were to each other as a point of just a day-to-day every everything out of their mouth was like cut somebody else before they can cut you yeah it sucked i hated that <laughs> yeah yeah yep so Alrighty. All right, my so friend. So we will do Back to the Future next. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, maybe you've heard of it, yeah. And unless you have anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? I think that's, uh, I think that's everything. Then Chris and I will talk to you all next week.
gonna be a murder tonight. <laughs> Hate time travel movies. They never make any sense. Happy Halloween. How about we all stay in and hand out Halloween candy? No, Mom. You know how hard this time of year is for us. Your friends were murdered 35 years ago. It's not 1987 anymore. Stay safe, honey. I love you. <sighs> Is it 1987? Oh my god. I know. The 80s are almost over and I haven't even tried Coke yet. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god. Mom. Fuck off and die. Jesus, Mom. Masita. Ay. Ay, ay, ay. Mamacita. Time for my birthday, bitch. <laughs> this is a creepy ass cabin in the middle of nowhere. What's the big deal? There's a murderer on the loose and you drove us into the woods. Ah! Oh my god! What? I forgot to bring vodka. You have seven and a half hours until you're stuck here forever. Ah! I need to stop all this horror before it happens. Did the machines kill us all? No. They more just rip apart the fabric of our society via dance videos on TikTok. They use dance against us? Come on out, water's warm. Just so you know, I don't do blowjobs. You pee out of that thing. Just think, maybe if she did do blowjobs, she'd still be alive. Yeah, let's not make that the lesson. 80s weed sucks. This is just dirt. Look at all these twigs. Yeah, I could give you a gummy this big that has 100 times more weed than this. 